words on water. to Take It From The Top, a podcast series that offers words of wisdom from past presidents of the Water Environment Federation to help water professionals navigate their way through the coronavirus pandemic. I am Tom Kunitz, your host, and my guest today is WEF past president, Jeanette Brown. Jeanette, welcome. Thank you. Uh, very happy to be here. Great to have you, Jeanette. Jeanette, we're going to get right into this. Uh, I want to ask you a question here that you know, the coronavirus pandemic has made many sectors change the way they do business. You are a professor of environmental engineering and in Manhattan College in New York. So as an educator, how, um, how has things changed? Like, what is one of the most critical ways in which the pandemic has impacted uh, the way you teach? Well, I, I think it's made teaching much harder you can't see the students. Um, you don't know kind of if they're getting what you're saying. Um, you're losing that eye contact and the, the body language that's so really important in teaching. Um, hard to know if the students are, are understanding or not. Or, and even are they paying attention to, to what you're saying? Um, communication is stifled. You don't have those conversations like you would in class where a student asks a question and maybe you could debate a question. It seems that online those kinds of, um, of things are, are stifled. And it was especially difficult with the capstone design course that I taught this semester where interaction is really important, where you're sitting with the students and you're drawing little uh, diagrams and, and you just don't have that. And the other concern is, um, are the students multitasking while you're uh, conducting your class? Um, are they paying attention to, to what you're saying or are they doing other things? Sure. I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said there. I was uh, fiddling with my cell phone while you were talking. <laughs> uh, but I, I could certainly, I certainly see your point, Jeanette, because what you're talking about here, you know, communication is so much more than, than just words. And, and, and where I guess you're discovering that firsthand and that that component of communication that's so important, that feedback, getting that feedback from the listener, you're, you're missing that feedback component. So how, how do you deal with this as, as the teacher? How do you deal with this, that lack of this very vital part, part, part of communication? So in some cases, I set up individual calls with the students um, and even made myself available on weekends. They would just text me and say, Professor Brown, uh, I've got some questions. Can we talk? And I told them to feel free to do that at any time. And we also set up like small groups. Like if there were two people working on a pump design, I would, I would meet with those two people, unfortunately, online. Um, most importantly, I wanted to make sure that they were listening to what I was saying and understood the concepts of design or equipment selection or anything that I was trying to convey. And so uh, I finally got to the point where I would say, okay, can you tell me now what your understanding is of what I just uh, explained to you as a process or a concept or an expectation 
um, just so that I could understand that they understood uh, what I was asking of them or what I was trying to convey to them. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's one of the most important parts of, of, of communication is that feedback loop. And for a person to listening to say, this is what I think I heard you say. And it sounds like what you were doing is you were kind of um, turning the tables and, and having them give you that feedback loop. If you're not getting it from them directly, you know, asking for that feedback loop. Yes. And, you know, that feedback loop in person is sometimes easier because you are seeing the facial expressions or the body language or, uh, you know, the, the look on their face, the uh, either quizzical or, yeah, I got it kind of look. Um, and so you're, you're truly missing, uh, missing that component by being online. And, and, and that's something that translates beyond the classroom, doesn't it? I mean, you, you've worked in the professional setting, meetings, people in professional uh, settings. Uh, that type of communication, we're facing that too with uh, a lot of uh, working remotely, uh, getting onto conference calls, folks turning off their video screen, um, and sometimes for you know, real justified reasons. Maybe there's kids running around in the background or something. But we're, we're, we're all missing that, that component. It's not just in the classroom. Yes, that's absolutely true. And I think, you know, as, as human beings, we need that kind of human contact. And yes, it's great to see a face on a video screen, but it's, it's very different. That, that's true, because you don't see the entire body, or at least the, the, the part of the body that's above a, a, a desk in a conference room, even, so the, the body language. So let's, let's explore this a little bit more, because good communication, as we all know, is one of the most vital skills of leadership. And before uh, you spent 20 years in the classroom as a professor there at Manhattan College, you served in various leadership positions. You were the superintendent of the uh, wastewater treatment plant in Stamford, Connecticut, uh, were, uh, president of uh, WEF. So let's talk about maybe a, a communication skill that you developed uh, during your, your career. I think the most important skill that I learned was the ability to listen. And, you know, we, we all take that for granted, I think. Um, I can remember my mother saying, you're not listening to me. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's, it's, um, it was a skill that it took me a, a little while to learn. And I think all of us, or at least I do, I did, um, concentrate on what I was going to say next. So I was almost tuning the person out and thinking about, this is what I'm going to respond without really listening to what they were saying, what their opinion was. Um, and uh, so I would frame my opinion before I understood uh, what, they were, uh, what they were trying to convey. And yeah, I think a, this is where communication breaks down. That's a, that's a real, real common trait, what you were just talking about. Many of us trying to form that next thing that we want to say, ooh, ooh, because my thought is more important. And, and you were just, um, as you say, developing this skill uh, to, to control that. I think it's a very natural instinct. To, so it takes effort to control that. Was there, was there anything like a, a particular event or, or something, a, a class or something you took, something that triggered this knowledge in you about the importance of really stopping your mind from racing ahead and focusing on what's being said? I think my uh, experience as WEF president and, and being on the board of trustees, especially as president, um, 
when I was president, our board was 17 members and uh, people coming from diverse backgrounds with diverse uh, opinions. Um, and it was not always easy to read, um, really reach consensus, sometimes really stressful times on the board. And it, it stuck me that I wasn't really letting people bring their thoughts forward. Um, I was kind of stifling the input, the discussions, and I started stepping back and saying, um, I need to really listen to what people were saying. And, and it takes a lot of discipline. Um, you know, I, I kept wanting to jump in. And, um, but, uh, you know, I listened and I watched their body language. Um, and uh, then uh, before I responded, I really processed what are they trying to say? Let it sink in. And then I would say to them, well, why is this particular concept or idea uh, so important to you? What is the kind of the driver behind this? And really became more empathetic to their positions, to their understandings. And, um, and then eventually the board, I think the, the board members really began to see this. And there was a lot more open discussion um, and uh, a lot more camaraderie on the board. Um, uh, it's not easy to listen to an opinion which is very different from yours, but if you truly listen to it, it serves two purposes, showing you respect the other person, what the other person is thinking, and being open to a different approach. Um, and if I show respect for others by listening to what they're saying and understanding what they're saying, then they'll respect my opinion. And uh, it's an iterative process. It, it takes a while and it takes a lot of discipline. Sure. It's going to, yes, it's going to take time to build that trust. I, I want to highlight something that you said here. I wrote this down as you were saying, because it really struck me. You're saying listening to somebody is to say, why is this thing important to you? I know when somebody has an opinion very different from ours, it's very easy to get angry or dismissive. But that phrase that you just said, I love this. To try to get ourselves to say, why is this thing important to the other person? Not to dismiss them as some kook, but why is this important to you? Yeah, you know, I think that, um, you know, we all have our opinions. And, um, um, and we think our opinion is the most important opinion there is, uh, or the most important concept. And it's going to be the same for everyone else, that they think theirs is the most important. And it's, you really need to, to understand where they're coming from uh, in order to really reach consensus, uh, to do what's best for, in this case, the Water Environment Federation, but in all cases in, in our life, uh, understanding why it is important for someone um, to, to express a particular opinion or to have a certain you know, stance on a particular item, I think that understanding makes us better people. Wow, that's very, very, very powerful. Uh, Jeanette, I'm gonna switch gears a little bit here. And I wanna talk about WEFTEC. And I know for me, uh, WEFTEC is not WEFTEC unless I see Jeanette Brown walking around. <laughs> You and take are, pictures. <laughs> and take pictures. You, you are everywhere. If you're not on the podium, you're at the operations challenge, being a judge, which I know is one of your, your big passions, the operations challenge. You're also on the program committee, which are the folks that put together the, the technical program at WebTech. Um, 
just to, to make sure everyone knows, there will be a WEFTEC this year. It may not look like the WEFTECs of old, but there will be a WEFTEC. So maybe from your perspective on the program committee, and this goes back a little bit to, to what we were talking about earlier in terms of how uh, presentations and communications are changing under this pandemic. Uh, how is the program going to look this year at WEFTEC? So we're still in the process of developing it, um, but we're planning two ways. One is a hybrid version, which is partially on site and partially virtual, and then a total, totally virtual program. And it really depends on you know, what's happening in New Orleans and, and where we are with COVID-19. Um, I think the virtual is going to be a bit challenging for speakers, uh, especially speakers who have never done, say, a webcast. Um, when you speak, when you present, um, you look at the audience and being able to see the audience and being able to see them look at you uh, kind of gives you that feedback that we talked about earlier. And, and I think that it's going to be more difficult just presenting to a screen. Uh, so it may make um, the presentation seem uh, less relaxed, more stifled, more formal than what we might get in person. It's, um, it's really important, I think, um, you know, to make the speakers understand and, and maybe um, uh, develop some way so that even when they're doing uh, this virtual presentation, they feel that they are connecting with, with other people. Um, I believe, based on this, that, um, you know, the face-to-face -face is so important. Um, and I don't uh, hopefully foresee... Uh, totally online conferences going forward because I think the presenters, the the attendees, because just like with the presenters, the attendee is looking at the speaker and looking for that eye connection, kind of like, oh, you're listening to me, and and you get this, and you know the nods of heads, and and all of that's going to be missing. So it's going to take some discipline, I think, amongst the presenters this year, um, and it'll be a good experience for them but it will be different. You know, um, I might suggest also, it's um, gonna take some discipline among the listeners. You know, you were talking about that feedback that, that we're not always getting, and yeah, as a professor, you don't always get. That maybe brings some awareness to us when we are listeners, when we are the audience, to recognize we have to be aware of giving feedback to the speaker that even particularly under these circumstances, maybe we should be even more hyper aware of the feedback we're giving when we are online, when we are on these uh, video calls, to make sure that we're visible and that, that we show that we're listening and our eye contact is there uh, so that we can have awareness to give that feedback loop, to have the respect of the speaker, knowing what it's like to be the speaker. Yes, that's an extremely good point. And, you know, I find, uh, as, as you probably have, we've been on numerous video meetings, and it's very easy to check your cell phone and get involved with an email and not really pay attention to what's being said in the, me in the meeting. Um, and I think it's going to be the same. And, and you know, that, that's given me an idea as we discuss the program going forward as far as how do we make sure that the audience, the viewers, are engaged in the presentation because that's really important. And, and, uh, and maybe there's some way that we can uh, ensure that the audience is engaged uh, in these virtual conferences. 
Sure, because the audience and the, the attendees at WEFTEC, it, it, it's everybody. It's not just the speakers and presenters. Everybody makes WEFTEC, makes what it is. It's the, it's this diversity, uh, right, of people that, that coming together. I think you said it uh, a little before was that uh, we're probably not going to maintain this virtual component forever. You think that we're eventually want to get back to a face-to-face -face connection. Yes, absolutely. Um, the the um, WEFTEC is really not just about the presentations, the questions and answers, but it's about the networking. We're a very diverse group of people, diverse skill sets, uh, operators up to educators, up to engineers. Uh, and it's uh, the uniqueness of the WEF group that make these face-to-face -face contacts so important. Um, it's it's a WEF family, and and like all of us, we miss the family connection right now. And I think going forward, without face to face, we would miss that that WEF, WEF family connection, and the ability to exchange ideas and share ideas. And you know, we're we're such a collaborative group of people. Uh, this is something that I always tell my students: is that. Uh, the people that are involved with the Water Environment Federation are there to share ideas. There's no selfishness. It's, you know, we share ideas really for the greater good to make operations easier, make design better, or to make, to save money in the way we operate these treatment plants. Uh, being together as a group, sharing ideas um, uh, after the sessions is just so critically important and so critically valuable. Yes, it, it reminds me of, as I've often said, as a, the writer Stephen Johnson talks about uh, the need for connecting good ideas. He talks about the, uh, the rainforest. And he says, you know, good ideas come together in a place like a rainforest where there's biodiversity. It's that diversity of ideas and opinions and ability to connect. And, and I thought of WEFTEC as our rainforest and our specialty conferences and MA conferences. These are our rainforests because of, uh, of the ability to connect. So as, as a professor, Jeanette, you have this, I think it's a wonderful opportunity where, where you help shape the, the next generation, the people who, who take over uh, the world as uh, we pass the mantle. Is there any type of advice sometimes when uh, I know you have graduating seniors that you work with, grad students, uh, is there any particular type of advice that uh, you give them when they come and talk to you as they move on into their careers? Uh, yes, definitely. First of all, I'm, I'm always promoting getting involved with WEF. Um, it's, I, I tell them about how it adds to your knowledge, how it adds to um, your skill set. Um, you know, it's not just the technical and the leadership skills that you develop, but uh, WEF allows you to become a better human being in this sharing of ideas. And so I want them to get involved. And some of my proudest moments are when I get an email from a student that says, I've just joined this committee um, and I'm giving back to WEF. Um, it's, it's really important for students um, in our profession to be involved with the Water Environment Federation, but not just to go to meetings, to really truly get involved, to join the committees, uh, to raise up yourself in these leadership roles and eventually be a board member or a president. You know, in terms of getting involved in that, you certainly uh, set the example. You are involved in WEF in so many ways. Uh, when you left the board, you just found other things to get involved in. 
but I also know you are involved in so many things beyond just WEF, beyond the water sector. You get involved in, in things in the church and the community, and many folks may not know this uh, about you, but uh, you're a very accomplished musician, uh, clarinetist. Um, in fact, that clarinet was the first uh, instrument that I played when I was uh, in junior high school, so I can... Uh, I uh, understand a little bit about the embouchure there, how we uh, fit our mouths around there. Uh, in fact, uh, Jeanette, I understand you were in the uh, University of Maryland marching band playing the clarinet. Uh, uh, yes, I was. It was one of the most fun things I ever did. So I came from a very, very small high school in northeastern Pennsylvania. Our, um, our band was like 25 people. And uh, fortunately, I was able to qualify for the Maryland marching band and there was almost 200 of us and uh, to this day I get choked up thinking about what a wonderful experience it was uh, one of the highlights of my life yes so it's getting involved whatever it is that somebody gets involved in it, it really helps uh, to develop uh, those various skills uh, develop a sense of commitment a, a sense of camaraderie um, uh, you, you know volunteering and committing to that. Uh, and I think that you certainly demonstrate that. Well, you know, volunteering is really important, but it's not just volunteering. It's being committed to what you're doing as a volunteer. Um, I mean, you'll see volunteers in names only, people that just want their name on a committee, uh, but they're not really truly to the work, uh, volunteering for the work that's involved with it. Um, it's you've really got to impact. And, and when I look back on my life, uh, I would not be who I am today, uh, technically, emotionally, without the commitment I made to the Water Environment Federation. So I am always indebted to WEF and to what it's done for me. Wow, some very, very powerful words there, Jeanette. Well, I want to, uh, Jeanette, I want to thank you for taking uh, time uh, from your very busy schedule to share your experiences and words of advice with us. This is your host, Tom Kunitz, asking you to keep listening to WEF's Words on Water podcasts and to our next episode of Take It From the Top. Until next time, be positive and stay negative. Words on Water. <laughs>